Good evening and welcome to Tuesday Night Live, the midweek service for Bright Temple Church of God in Christ. We're going to go immediately to the word of the Lord on today and we want you to join us in Matthew chapter 18, starting at verse 23. Matthew chapter 18, verse 23 from the English Standard Version reads, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle with his servants. His was brought in talents. to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out one of his fellow servants who did not gain pay. So his fellow servant fell down and with him, have peace with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw taking place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you, you put on your fellow servant and in anger his master to the jailers until he should pay so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you in your heart and the word of the Lord is blessed we pray that you are blessed by the word and we encourage you to not just join us on Tuesday nights, but also you can join us throughout the week uh, and join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock a.m. We encourage you to do so. And we believe that if you join us, you will be blessed of God as we share in God's word. As the word is declared on tonight regarding the servant, we call him the I call him the ungrateful servant. He had been forgiven of a great debt. And after having been given, forgiven such a great debt, he immediately went out and found someone who owed him a small amount. And after finding that, he immediately threw him in prison, threw him in jail. He did not have mercy on him. He was ungrateful. And the reason I say he was ungrateful is because he had just been forgiven of something substantial, something great. And instead of showing an appreciation for the debt that was forgiven him, he immediately took out his anger, his frustration on someone else who owed him a very small amount. When I begin to think of that and I begin to think of the great debt that we have been forgiven by Jesus Christ, I realize that us being grateful for that should extend not only towards God, but it also should extend to our fellow brothers and sisters. Jesus said, how can you love God who you have not seen? 
and love not your brothers who you see daily. He said also the greatest commandment is that you love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul and all your might. And he said, but the second is like it. He said that you should love your neighbor as yourself. I think it shows a meaningful amount of, of ungratitude when we do not show forgiveness and show appreciation to our brothers and sisters who owe us small debts in comparison to what we have been forgiven through Jesus Christ. The best way for us to show God that we're grateful is not just by giving him glory and honor and praise. And yes, we do owe him that. But it's also in the way that we treat other people. It's not meaningful to God that we show praise and clap our hands and lift up our voices and raise our hands in the sanctuary. But like this man, if we go out from the sanctuary and then clasp those same hands around the neck, the neck of someone who owes us a debt, if we're fighting with those who we ha have trouble with or if we're discourteous to our neighbors and if we're not grateful enough to God, to show that same appreciation in how we treat his other creations. Because just as you are God's creation, so are your neighbors, so are your brothers, and so are your sisters. What I'm saying is that when God has given you such a profound debt, he anticipates that it's gonna change how you treat other people. Notice here in this particular story, that the master was greatly upset and frustrated he knew that he had given forgiven the servant a great debt, a debt that honestly the servant was not going to be able to repay. Similarly, Christ has paid so much for us and purchased our salvation at Calvary through his suffering and by God sending him just for us. That that is a debt that we cannot repay. So in lieu of that, understanding that we're standing under the shadow of a debt that we could never repay, it needs to change our attitude. It needs to change how we treat other people. That means when I'm living under the shadow of the great debt that Christ forgave me, that, that, that he purchased with his suffering, living under that shadow holds me to account and makes me responsible for how I treat not just God, not just how I honor him, but how I treat my brothers and how I treat my sisters, how I treat those who are around me. Because gratitude requires us to change how we think. True gratitude is not a simple thank you. It's not just waving your hand or flashing someone a smile. But true gratitude requires you to change how you think. But to change how you think, changing, changing your thinking is it first requires a little bit of self-reflection. You have to reflect upon yourself and looking in yourself, you have to understand that something about me needs to change. And I challenge someone right now who may even just be really negative. You find yourself negative. You find yourself off and down. You find yourself looking at the flip side of every positive situation. And it seems like you always find something negative or bad in everything that happens to you in life. Maybe it's time for us to reflect again upon the great gift that God has given us, the great debt that we owe him. And if we owe him such a great debt in reflecting on it, maybe what we're doing to show appreciation to him for it is not good enough. It's not just good enough to go in a church and sit in a pew and 
occupy a place in a sanctuary or synagogue or wherever you may worship. It's not good enough for that. But true gratitude, true appreciation for what God has done causes us to have a different attitude. Because he's forgiven me so much, I need to think of that and flip that on its head. God paid so much for me. Did he pay this much for me? Or did he purchase my salvation at such great sacrifice for me to live a life where I'm always frustrated, where I'm always upset, where I'm always negative, where I'm always pulling other people down, where I always have a bad attitude? I often say the joy that's in your heart at some point ought to make it to your face. If we're Christ's representatives, that means that we ought to reflect and, and reflect the joy that he has shined in our own hearts. He said, we are the light of the world, the city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. I can't imagine that in explaining to us that we are the light of the world, that we can have a negative attitude that people do not even want to speak to us or approach us. I firmly believe that God, Christ, customer service representatives, that we are, that we ought to be approachable. Jesus was the embodiment of God himself, but even on earth, people felt like they could approach him. The lame, the sick, the halt, the sinful, those who walked the streets, those who found themselves in the midst of sin, those who recognized that they owed God a great debt, and often many who said, even to his face, that we're not worthy to talk to you. We're not worthy for you to do anything for us, but yet we stand here and approach you and ask because Jesus was approachable. And so should we be as Christians shouldn't always have a sour look on our, our faces. We shouldn't always look frustrated. We shouldn't always have negative things to say. Our attitude needs to reflect Christ. We need to be approachable by all people who desire to know more about God. You know why? Because it's not about you. You might say, well, I have a right to be frustrated. I, there's a reason why I have an attitude like that. This, this is, there's a reason why I carry myself in such a way and why I have such a disposition. Well, before you give me that reason, let me stop you right there and say it's not about you. It's not, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's about reflecting the image of Christ through our lives. We should give God the glory that men may see our works, but yet glorify our Father, which are in heaven. Our life should be about reflectivity, reflecting the light of God through us. But sometimes our attitude prevents the light from shining through. Maybe it's time to go back to, to appreciate what Christ paid for us. Appreciate the great debt that we have towards him. And when I recognize, just as this man in this story should have, when he should have appreciated the great weight of debt that was that, that was lifted off of him, that should have given him such a sense of relief that it caused him to treat other people differently. It caused him to appreciate life a little bit more. Many people will tell you that when they've had a near-death experience, it causes them to look at life differently. And maybe, just maybe, that it's causing them to look at life the way they always should have. Living life with a little more appreciation. Living life with a little more gratitude. Living life under the shadow of the great debt that we've been forgiven. And when I consider, can you just imagine that? Having such a substantial debt 
that you could not repay. And then you're going to court and they're about to decide your fate. They're about to throw you in jail and throw away the key, as they say. But right before the judge renders judgment, here Jesus comes in and says with his hands raised, for this one, I've already paid it all. I've already paid the debt. The debt that they have incurred by sin. The debt that they've incurred by thinking wrong, wrong thoughts, wrong actions. The debt that they incurred by hurting other people and even damaging them on their own selves. All of the debt that they've incurred, Jesus said, I have wiped the slate clean. They owe nothing. And the judge then banging his gavel and saying, you, sir, you, ma'am, you are free to go. Having suffered the weight of the potential consequences, standing before the great arbiter and being able to walk away free by the sacrifice of Christ, we all should live under that shadow, understanding that having been forgiven such a great debt, why am I worried about anything else? The Bible says his eyes on the sparrow. And I know he's, the song says he's watching me. Jesus said, consider the lily, how it neither toils nor spins, but there is nothing even in the house of Solomon is as arrayed as beautifully as the lily. God has taken care of it. That means it's carefree to live. It's carefree to treat others right. It's not consumed by itself and neither should we be consumed of ourselves. But rather, I'm living a life understanding that I have a limited time. The life is but a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. But the time that I do have, I want to spend that time reflecting my gratitude for what Christ has done for me. You know, it starts not with treating other people different. It always starts with treating yourself different. Having an appreciation for yourself. Bible says you should love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, you can't love your neighbor much if you don't love yourself. You have to have an appreciation for who God created you to be. This past Sunday, we talked about place value. And I said gratitude begins when we understand that we are standing in the rightful place that God designed for us. When you're when you know you're in the right place and you know that you're doing what God has asked you to do, it's it's easier to have gratitude because I have a place. I understand I have value and I also understand that I have the right to feel valued. And when you're in the place that God has put you, God will make you feel valued. God will make you feel appreciated. When you stand in the right place, you will even see God operating and working on your behalf and things coming to fruition, things coming to pass for you that you know that you did not deserve and that you did not earn. But it's only by the grace and the favor of God that you've received what you receive, that you have what you have. And it's only because God gave forgave you a great debt. So what is my responsibility? What is my job to do with this? If he's forgiven me, then I need to forgive those who are around me. To truly show to God that I'm grateful, that means I need to treat myself better and I need to treat those around me better. I can love them a little bit more because God showed me what love is. He showed me that love was about giving because he gave his only son. 
as a sacrifice to me. He showed me how to appreciate others. And he showed me that there's no greater love than a man laying down his life for a friend as Christ did for us. If Christ can make such a great sacrifice for us, I can forgive somebody who talked about me behind my back. I can be grateful enough to God to forgive someone who cuts me off when I'm driving down the highway. I don't have to chase them down or show them I'm number one with an improper finger gesture. I don't have to honk my horn and be discourteous. You know why? Because I'm living under the shadow. I'm living under the shadow of the great debt that God forgave me. Why am I going to have to work? Why am I going to encumber myself with hate? Why would I encumber myself with unforgiveness? I need to spend that time that I would spend trying to get people back and trying to repay people for evil. I, I, I don't have enough time to do that because I'm too busy spending my time showing God how grateful I am for the great debt that he forgave me. So that means I spend my time praying. Yes, as Jesus instructed, praying for those who despitefully use me, loving those who hate me. I'm doing all of that because I have such a great debt that Christ has forgiven me. So I can expend more time loving and appreciating my neighbors, even if they don't show, if, even if they don't return it in, in the same measure. They don't have to because I will, I will, I will count, allow that to count against what God has forgiven me. When I think of the how much more God has forgiven me, that gives me space and that gives me room in my heart to forgive and to love even people who don't show the same amount of appreciation and love for me. During this time of year, we often do this anyway, Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we often say the season of giving, our, our lives should be a season of giving because of what we've been forgiven. We should give more because we've been forgiven something great, forgiven something, a debt that we could never repay. So that should cause our attitudes to improve. That should cause our gratitude to increase, and that should cause our love to extend further through all our neighbors and all of those who are around us because we yet live under the shadow of the great debt that God forgave us. I'm going to lift my hands and give God praise to show him gratitude. I'm also going to lift my hands and reach out and give and be a blessing to those who are around me. I'm not going to do as the man in the story. I'm not going to put my hands around the neck of my neighbor. I'm not going to hold him down. I'm not going to oppress him. I'm not going to throw him in jail. I'm not going to accuse him. I'm not going to hold unforgiveness in my heart. I don't have the right to because what God forgave me is so great. I can't help but live with an attitude of gratitude every day. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, Allow us to feel the release, the release of the weight of the great debt that you paid for us, a debt that we did not have the ability or the power to repay ourselves. But Lord, you paid it all for us on Calvary. And for that, Lord, we should not just say we're thankful. We should not just say we're grateful. But Lord, 
understanding that debt changes how we think, how we perceive, and how we treat other people. Because, Lord, we cannot truly show you how grateful we are until that gratefulness extends to our neighbors and our friends, until it extends to those around us. So the warmth of that gratefulness should emanate from our heart and touch the heart of our friends and our neighbors. Lord, even to the extent that they see us and ask, what must I do to be saved? Lord, I ask that we examine our attitudes and be reminded that we should not live with negativity. We should not live with gloom and doom in our hearts. Because Lord, your, your payment of our debt has made us free. And he who the Son makes free is free indeed. Lord, help us to live freely in our hearts and our minds and our spirits and our attitudes. And Lord, let us not be entangled with the yoke of bondage again, but continue to live free so that our neighbors can see it, so that they can feel your love shining through us. Help us to reflect your love, your, your grace, so that others may be drawn closer to you. And Lord, you said, if I be lifted up, Help us to lift you up in our hearts and and amongst other people. Before you said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. And Lord, we thank you in advance for this and we praise your name. And we commit even right now to live with more gratitude so that it shows not only towards you, but it emanates in all directions from us and touches our neighbors around us. And we pray all these blessings in my son Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I pray that something that was said on tonight will be a blessing to you. I pray that you live and commit to live with the gratitude of the great debt that God forgave you in your heart. Live with that gratitude to the extent that it not only blesses you, that it may be a blessing to those who are around you. Be blessed is my prayer. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Give a Fund. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Give a Fund. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.